Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I've known Tom for a long time, so his um, uh, his presence and, and his uh, experience and, and friendship, quite honestly, uh, means a lot to me. Uh, helps in a lot of ways. Just um, just another guy in the building that really um, helps in a lot of ways. Uh, helps with the other coaches. Uh, very, very good coach with a great background, and uh, he's a huge asset for us. Front row, uh, right, Stephen Means, Cleveland.com. Ryan, obviously, we can walk and see this. Guys, played five routinely in 2019. And you go basically the two with Chris Pierre and Alex Jackson. Obviously, he's back this year, but outside of him, are there other guys you feel comfortable with? And how many do you feel like you can play? Yeah, we've typically played uh, five or six. Like you, you know, uh, when you think back on when Terry was here in Paris, and Ben Austin, KJ Hill, uh, Johnny Dixon. You know, we typically roll a lot of guys, and so. Um, you know, we like to do that, you know, and, and really what you do is you try to find one, then you try to find two, then you try to find three, then you try to find four. And as many guys that deserve to get on the field and get reps are going to get reps. And we typically like to roll those guys if we can, but they have to get out there and earn that, that, uh, that work. We have some really intelligent guys out there. You know, I just, I watched Cam Babb work out there and, you know, he's learned a bunch of different positions. Same thing with Emeka, Julian's learned a bunch of different positions. So it's good that there's some versatility there. Um, and and we, we do have some decent depth out there. Some guys, uh, even Xavier Johnson, Sam Boydless, uh, you know, looking to see what Jalen Ballard can do. So uh, some interesting guys this spring, and uh, they're certainly getting an opportunity to compete and just build. But, but this is just a start, and the way we look at it is, you know, these 15 practices lead into preseason, and then preseason number one is that 16th practice, and we just keep building that body of work. So uh, good start, but uh, excited to go. We're going two days here. Then we go on spring break. And these two practices are a little bit more of an OTA style. And then when we come back off a of break, then we start to dig into the, to the practices. And so, um, you know, but these, this is a great week for our guys uh, on defense to kind of dig into that, to, to the O-line, to start to, you know, learn about some of the new techniques and, and ways that uh, Coach Fry is going to be coaching those guys. So uh, it's been a good week. But uh, across the board, you know, guys are going to get a lot of reps and, and look to improve. And the wide receiver position is certainly one of them. Uh, he just got uh, one of the most improved awards in the offseason with uh, Coach Morati and his strength and conditioning staff during our champions uh, lunch yesterday. He was recognized in that area uh, just for his work every day, his uh, accountability, and just physically, his, his physical gains. And so um, that's that's huge for him and he's somebody that uh, could provide a huge um, a huge boost to our offense because he does have the ability. So now it's time to go put it on the field. He's put a lot of work in these last seven weeks. Uh, right next door, Joey Kaufman, Columbus Dispatch. Uh, you know, there could be. I think he's he's trying to figure out how uh, he may fit into the scheme. And, um, you know, we've, we've gone back and forth on that. He may come over to tight end and do a little bit of work there. Uh, as we go, I think he's he's trying to figure that out still. Um, you know, which side he wants to play. He certainly, I think, is wired to play defense. If you ask him what he'd like to do, it is defense. But he also wants to have a major impact on the team. And 
Uh, if it's on defense, then great. But I've always felt like you know you want to allow the opportunity for guys to choose where they want to play because that's they put their whole heart into something like Steel Chambers that made that move. That was that was his decision, and uh, and so I think he can be a tremendous tight end. Um, I think he really put a lot of work in uh, over the last year, and um, it's going to be up to him kind of what he feels most comfortable doing moving forward. No, I probably wouldn't put a deadline on it. You know, even he played all year at tight end, and then the Rose Bowl played linebacker. So uh, he's very, very talented. Had an unbelievable offseason. Uh, was an iron Buckeye for us uh, in the champions uh, meeting yesterday. And, uh, you know, he's one way or another, he's going to have an impact on this team. Yeah, so he's going to um, start working his way back into some drills as, as we get back off of spring break. And um, I don't know if he'll be full by the end of spring, but um, he's working through his rehab. And we're looking forward to getting him back into some drills as we you know push in through the middle of spring. Over here to the far right, Austin Ward, Letterman Rowe. With guys like Josh or Cam Brown. What's the balance between getting fully healthy and learning a new scheme? That's what you hope for with somebody who's played uh, a decent amount of experience. Both those guys have played in games now. So uh, we're going to make sure that we always are on the side of getting them healthy. Um, and, you know, there's still body reps, there's walkthroughs, there's meetings, there's opportunities for them to learn that way. And there's all the whole preseason where we have, you know, uh, a bunch of time to get going in that area. So. Uh, we'd love to get them on the field, but we're going to make sure that they're healthy before we do that. You look at um, CJ Stroud and going to get through, it's still pretty rare for you to have a second year starting quarterback, and Justin's was marred by some other stuff. What do you think he can get out of this that maybe you haven't got to give another quarterback? I think you just understand the, you know, at this point last year he had to throw a college pass, and so now he's got, got a whole year under his belt, and then. You're kind of learning what to do, and, and uh, now you kind of learn why you do it, and just a little bit more of a deeper understanding of things. There's a little bit of a rolodex of plays under his belt. Um, you know, we're going to look at some new concepts too, some things that he can handle, and maybe put a little bit more on his plate on on the line of scrimmage and, and different things there. So, um, you know, when you think about guys who played in the NFL for 15, 20 years at quarterback, you know, this is just year two, and it feels great. <laughs> you feel like you have a guy who's been around for a long time, and certainly here. Um, you know, we've only had that one other time with Justin, so uh, it is exciting going into the season having somebody who's uh, played a whole year under his belt. Second row left eye, uh, Pat Murphy, 24-7 sports. Ryan, staying with quarterbacks, um, obviously Kyle played some last year, but I imagine you still want to see more from him, and then you have Devin coming in for the first time. How do you kind of handle the, the backup job there to be ready in, in case you need one of those guys? Well, I was impressed um, with how Kyle came in today. Uh, I thought he had a good seven-on-seven. Seven. He had a good approach and uh, you know, kind of picked up from where he left off in the, in the Rose Bowl practice, which was great. And uh, and then uh, Devin, you know, first day out here, again, I thought he, he handled it pretty good as well. Um, you know, for first day, there's a lot going on that first day. You're doing everything for the first time. So, um, you know, the more reps that uh, we can get these guys, the better they're going to be. You finally have, like, returning CJ, but you have a backup who's played, unlike last year where it was maybe some scholarship guys, non-scholarship guys that have seen some action elsewhere, but to have that luxury that you know you have a guy who can step in, who's been on the field, what, what does that mean as you head forward? Well, we haven't had that, right? We haven't had guys, uh, we haven't had a starter who had the experience going into last year. So to have somebody who's actually been on the field and played in games and has a whole year under his belt, uh, that, that's a big deal because um, you, you just you can't, 
uh, substitute experience and you know just being through it through a whole year you know should pay dividends and that that should be you know something that you know we can use to our advantage and um, you know, I think Kyle's had a good off season so uh, if he can kind of continue to grow as the spring goes on that's that's huge for us. Uh, far left, Bill Landis, the athletic. Jerry Fulton, Terry Hill He's missed a lot of time. Able to do anything right now? Yeah, we have, um, I guess, two, four, six, eight, ten guys that are unavailable this spring for different reasons, and we just we kind of keep it um, at the unavailability list. And there's different reasons for everybody, but. Um, you know, and then once we get done with the spring, we'll kind of reevaluate everybody in that area. Uh, uh, over here to the uh, far right, uh, Rob Alms on this dispatch. Brian, uh, Jim Knowles has this title, head coach in defense. Is that just a title or is that a new concept kind of for you as you think about it? And what are you hoping to get from it? it well, it's more than more just the philosophy of like, okay, um, you know, you are in charge of everybody over there. He's got a, kind of a little bit of an army over there. He's got his, his coaches and he's got the, uh, the GAs, he's got the interns, he's got the quality control guys. I mean, he's got a whole group of guys over there. And um, when, when this thing's running well, then um, the defense coordinator is the head coach of that group, you know. And, and he's great. He's been a head coach. He's done this before. Um, he doesn't need a whole lot of direction. Um, but he also understands that we have a culture here in place and a lot of pride in what we've done around here. So uh, I think he's jumped right in, bought into that, but also at the same time, you know, taking this thing and run. And uh, you can see uh, why he's had success. He's very organized, a very good communicator, and has a really good scheme. Cornell, Duke, smart guy. Is yep. it maybe an odd question? Can you be too smart in football or as a coach that you're overthinking things and you, if that makes any sense? Well, I think uh, he's very intelligent, and that's I love being around really smart football coaches. Um, and really, you know, when you talk about experience and doing things over time, you learn and you grow as time goes on, and you try to figure out what that balance is of, you know, new things, whether it's special teams, offense, or defense, or just doing the things that our guys know really, really well. And really good coaches can teach multiple things and scheme and plays and defenses, uh, and execute them at a high level. And that's really the work that is done during the offseason so that when you get in-season, you can pull back on that. And that's that's really what we're doing right now. It's about the training and the meetings and uh, utilizing the time on the field during the walkthroughs and the individual drills. And, um, you know, to me, you know, the average coaches are the ones that just kind of, let's just get the team and try to coach it off the film. You know, I think the really seasoned good coaches do some of their best work in the meetings and, and, and walkthroughs and those type of settings. Well, we think that his skill set allows him to do a little bit of both, so we're going to kind of cross-train him in that area. But uh, but his size and his ability to uh, rush, you know, he's going to give us some different things. And him, you know, to put his hand in the dirt, you know, he'll work with Larry a little bit, and he'll go over to Jim and work some at linebacker. But we're going to try to do the best we can to have as many of those kind of hybrid guys to make um, the defense guess a little bit and not be predictable with the, the front. How much of those things are coming now from, I guess, the, the fresh set of eyes that you're getting Jim and Kerry and Tim? Are, are there other instances of that where they took a look at this spot where they saw guys through the winter and they said, this is a better fit or that's a new idea? 
Yeah, that, that's really what it is. But it, we've been really careful to do that because we're not on the field yet. I think that will happen organically over the next month uh, once we get on the field because just watching somebody on on the uh, during the workouts, you can tell some different things like we've done. Which was one, one example of that. Um, you know, Kate kind of fits in a little bit of that world too. Uh, but uh, but once we get on the field and, and, and these guys get a chance to see them move around, identify, diagnose, run to the football, work some of the techniques that they may need to do those job descriptions. Then from there, we'll kind of adjust. But we're going to start off like we do, you know, which is our base defense is, you know, four down, and two linebackers, and, and, uh, and five DBs. And, and then we'll kind of grow from there once. And that's really what college coaching is. It's adapting to your personnel and trying to figure that out. And our guys are getting their arms wrapped around that now. Uh, back row right, uh, Jeremy Birmingham, let him in row. Hey, Ryan. Um, last year, when CJ sat for the academy, it was part shoulder, and you mentioned something to the effect that he needed to decide if he wanted it. There's something to that effect. But he he decided he wanted to take that role and be the guy. Now that he is decidedly the guy, quarterback, how do you guard against that potential complacency knowing that he's sort of entrenched now um, heading into this spring where there's maybe not as much pressure on him to come out and be perfect every every minute? Yeah, I, I think when you when you uh, dive into CJ, you realize he's highly motivated. Um, you know, just the way he came out and played in that Rose Bowl, uh, you can see – that uh, he, he comes out with the mindset that he has something to prove every day. He does. Um, that's just the way he's wired. I think that's what gives him an opportunity to be great. Is he great yet? No, he's not, but he's, he's on his way there. And I think it's that approach of I have to prove myself every single day. And I, I think that's just the way he was brought up, just the way things have happened in his life. And, uh, and I expect him to be that way throughout the spring into the preseason and then into next year because – uh, like you said, there's still a lot to prove, and I think that's just the way he's wired, and he's very competitive in that area. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about Cam Martinez back catching punts a little bit. I mean, is this just a byproduct of trying to find a role for him as the secondary changes? Is it just his skill set fits there so well? I mean, what is it that you guys are looking for out of him this spring? Uh, no, he's he's kind of uh, transitioned um, pretty well to the nickel position, and, and I think that's going to be a pretty good role for him. Um, you know that that's a position that I think fits his skill set really well. Uh, this time of year, we're going to try everybody back there. Uh, as you know, he played offense and has really good ball skills. You saw a couple of the interceptions he had last year. I mean, he, that's that's really one of his strengths. So, um, you know, we're always trying to train guys, especially in the spring, in the return area because uh, you can get into a season and uh, and get short in that area. So, always trying to look for guys who can can do that. Right in front, Colin Gate, rivals. Over the course of these this offseason, have you seen kind of a different energy specifically with the linebackers, with kind of Jim Knowles in charge? Have you seen new length, or, or what has that been like? Anytime you have a change, there's just a different approach and a freshness to it. Um, and I, you know, I don't think that's anything other than just a, a new look and a new uh, start. Um, and so, you know, anytime you're, you're new like that, you know, you kind of want to prove yourself and uh, show your worth. So uh, there's a little bit of that bounce in their step. I'm curious, I mean, obviously Steel Chambers is coming into his first full offseason as a linebacker. What have you seen? Does he have an increased energy? Because it seems like there's a lot to prove with him kind of a full offseason training as a linebacker instead of that Yeah, I think the expectation is that he, you know, he's going to play at a high level this year, along with the other guys who got a bunch of reps last season. Um, you, know, you just, when you think about the year before when you had Pete, Tough, Barron, and Justin, those were guys that the year before that one were okay, but then they came back in a really strong, um, you know, to the 2020 seasons. And so uh, 2021 season was okay, 
and we're hoping the 2022 season for the linebackers is going to be excellent. Second row aisle, Doug Lamarise, Cleveland.com. Ryan, is uh, Paris Johnson first guy up at left tackle? Yeah, right now. Yep. What do you, obviously, he has that tackle background played inside last year. What do you think that transition will be like for him? Yeah, we recruited him as a tackle. We, we always felt like he was a tackle, but, you know, to his credit, he wanted to get on the field last year and, and really um, learned a lot playing last year at guard, um, just pad level, understanding calls. I mean, it's really going to pay dividends for him down the road. Uh, but now making the transition to tackle is, is, is um, you know, he, he's played it his whole life other than last year, so it's not like it's new to him. But uh, this will be his first time starting out there, and, um, you know, he's going to grab onto it, own it. I mean, his... Um, you know, his approach every day, you know, his uh, work ethic, all those things are really off the charts. And um, I know he's already started a great relationship with Justin. So, um, you know, this is just the start to it. Um, and, and we'll kind of get a, an idea where we are about midway through. But uh, he has high aspirations and uh, he's a high achiever. So when he sets his mind to something, it usually happens. And um, we know you want your receivers to be versatile and know multiple positions. Garrett Wilson, after a year in the slot, went back outside last year. Jackson, this season, stay in the slot, might go outside. How do you think that evolves? Yeah, both. Yeah, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna have to move Jackson around. Um, just that, just that, it's gonna have to go. And so, even last year in the bowl game, he played outside a little bit. You know, caught the big touchdown pass and a two tight end set. So uh, he's a quick learner, and, and really, the more, like you said, the versatile those guys are, and we can move them around, the better we're gonna be. So. Uh, I don't think there's one guy that's just learning one position. Uh, I think they're all learning multiple positions right now, which is which is really the way it should be done. Is that the, moving guys around, especially with Jackson? Is that to help just free up some other opportunities for other guys, or is that knowing every defense in the country is going to be trying to stop Jackson Smith and Jigba, and you want him all over the place to make that work? Uh, both, both. Yeah, I, I think um, you know. But when you take away Jackson, then you know we also have the run game, and then we have. Um, we have some other good receivers too on the outside, so um, that's the idea. Is when you have that balance, and um, you know, if we can get some some play from the tight ends too, and uh, even Trey out of the backfield in terms of the passing game. Now, there's going to be some one-on-one opportunities, but there's no question there's going to be times where guys are going to try to double Jackson. We'll have to be creative in that area, but uh, they can't do it every play because then they have to give up some other things. And um, so we'll try to figure out ways to do that. And part of that is moving guys around. But another part is just, you know, making sure that we get everybody on the field and guys are playing. Um, and I think that's important. Uh, second row left, Dan Holt, Eleven uh, Warriors. Ryan, you mentioned Joe Tate being one of the most improved guys in the workouts. Were there some other guys who really you know, caught your eye with their improvement in the workouts this year? Uh, yeah, I, I probably will forget all the guys that uh, got recognized yesterday, but just offhand, a couple of the young corners, uh, J.K. Johnson and also uh, Jordan Hancock, you know, were, were two of the guys that were recognized as, as most improved. Uh, I know I'm going to forget some guys, but uh, but it was good to see those guys get recognized. They, um, you know, both put their work in last year. J.K. got the shoulder, and Jordan spent some time on the scout team. Really worked hard, and, and they, uh, you know, they they really put a great off season in. So I know they're looking forward to get on the field and practicing here. In terms of yeah, so uh, what we did in the offseason, not to get into too much of what we did, we, we decided that uh, leadership was the number one thing we needed to get done in this offseason. And so um, through a process, we ended up um, explaining to everyone what leadership was, 
uh, asked who wants to be the leaders of the team. Uh, they then uh, volunteered. We then voted, had a voting system to vote guys onto a leadership committee. We uh, voted 24 guys onto those leadership uh, that leadership committee. And then during the offseason program, we, we assigned 12 squads. And in those 12 squads, two leaders were assigned to each of those groups. And uh, through that uh, seven-week period, we really uh, forged a lot of uh, leadership throughout the group. And uh, there was a lot of ways that Coach Mick and uh, our strength and conditioning staff did that. A lot of competition. Uh, if guys, somebody was late, uh, there was community service on the weekend for the whole group. And so a lot of accountability, a lot of feedback. And I think um, this is probably the best we've done in an offseason of, of forging leadership. And, and that was a group of 24. Not that all 24 were great leaders. Some of them were, some of them weren't. But there was a lot more leadership based on what we did the last seven weeks than we've had in a while. And that was encouraging. Right in front of them, uh, Bill Rabinowitz, Columbus Dispatch. How much do you feel that that is a need after the last year? Yes. Yep, and I think part of it was just how young we were. We were really green, and guys were just trying to get lined up and play and do well. Uh, but when you when you have a team who has a, the experience we have coming back, now you can put some more uh, focus on leadership. And um, you know that's what happened in the second half of the Rose Bowl is the leadership stepped up in the in the in halftime. Uh, we didn't have that in the second fourth game. Uh, it's just the truth. And so uh, when you think about some of the games we've had here, like the. Big Ten Championship game against Wisconsin, we're kind of reeling at halftime. We come out and play really well in the second half. There's going to be opportunities like that. And we, we really wanted to kind of focus on that over the last seven weeks and try to create as many of those situations as possible that when we get our backs up against the wall, we need guys to step up. And uh, and so that's that's been a focus and identification. I think we've really made a lot of progress there. But you know, the proof will be in the pudding here moving forward. I mean, it was it was a start, you know, like you said, it wasn't pads or anything. So we'll see. Well, you know, the newness of day one is always, uh, you know, something that's pretty, um, you know, uniform across the board. Guys are hustling and everything <laughs> like that. But. We'll find out. The good news is, you know, you don't have to teach everybody where to where to go and practice or where to huddle and all those type of things. Now on defense, that was all fresh and new, and I thought it was well organized for day one. Uh, but there's a lot of familiar faces out there, which is uh, a little bit more of a comforting feeling than we did at this point last year. Yeah, I mean, right now he's full go, and uh, I, I, you know, could talk for hours about Cam Bab and what he's done being a captain and everything he's been through. And so, you know, we're, uh, you know, Cam Bab fans around here. Everybody loves Cam. And uh, he's had a really good practice today. And, um, you know, so we'll just keep pushing forward. And if he can stay healthy, he's going to have an impact on this offense for sure. Got time for just a couple more. Right next door, Clay Hall, WSYX. Brian, you talked about toughness being a cornerstone. Uh, and maybe that was the principal criticism after a couple of losses, certainly Michigan. How can you, how do you try to up that issue? And maybe it's tied into leadership. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot that goes with that. You know, we, we certainly played uh, tough in a lot of spots this year, but you know, there were times where we didn't. And uh, but but that again goes back to the offseason program, and it goes back to leadership, and uh, and that's where we've been really focused our time over the last several weeks. Right behind him, uh, final questions come from Tim May, Letterman Row. Yeah. 
Right. As you watch, as you look out there today, and you're watching the defense, how curious are you about what's going on over there? Well, I know you're the head coach, sure. The offense, but uh, what did you just notice about this? different about the, you know, the stand-up Leo guy? I don't know what y'all even got into that, but how curious are you about what you're watching there? I mean, uh, it's it, you can tell it's very well organized and uh, it's very well thought out. There's a reason for everything, and um, I just like how everything's systematic about how they teach, and, uh, and and you can you can give different looks for the quarterbacks, and that, I think that's um, that's a good challenge for CJ, you know, and, and it's a good challenge for us. But um, you can see where um, you know if you're not prepared for it, it can really give you some um, you know some some strange looks. But at the same time. You know, the guys are well taught and they're playing with really good technique. So at the end of the day, it's about, you know, pad level, defeating blocks and tackling. Um, and, and I think that's the combination that so far we're seeing, but, you know, got a long way to go is, you know, the schematic challenges that you see, but also being fundamentally sound and being well coached. And what told you that uh, Jim Knowles would be a good teacher? Like you just talked about a lot, a lot of people are smart. Yeah. They can't teach. I mean, what just was a tip off as you were looking at him? Yeah. That he was a good just calling and asking around. You know, I had a long conversation with uh, Coach Cutcliffe. Um, it was unbelievable just being able to share with me, and I, that conversation was something I really appreciated. But uh, but in that conversation, he just kind of explained this what exactly we're seeing right now, and um, you know, a couple of people that knew him and worked with him, and um, and you know, just ask enough about people who have worked with him. You know, you really learn about people when you're with them every single day, which is what we do during the season. And uh, you just have to call and ask around the people who have been around the most. Hey, one other, one other quickie. Uh, I would think the loss of Josh Proctor when he came last year so early was a big blow to this defense, but he made the cross. Are you already projecting seeing him on the field again, even though he can't necessarily go full go throughout spring? I mean, just what would his presence, I guess, mean to this defense? Well, you know, we have a lot of safeties now who have played because of last year and because Josh wasn't around. So um, there, there's some experience back there, which is good. You know, that I, th- I think maybe, you know, when Josh went down early in the season, you know, there's a little bit of a panic, but some guys stepped up and, and did some really good things. So um, it certainly will be great to get him back and get him healthy again. But um, we also have some other guys back there that, uh, that have had really good off seasons and, and, and played well last season. Um, you know, not good enough, but but that's another year under their belt, and so they'll come back and, and be stronger this year. So we have created a little bit of depth there, but uh, we all know what Josh can do, so it'll be excited to get him back. Great. Coach, thank you very much. Yep. Thanks, guys. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.